0: and social transformation. I'm particularly thrilled and honored uh, to be interviewing a truly holistic medical doctor today, Dr. Mitchell Fleischer. And uh, later on, I'll be reading his uh, bio, and it's uh, truly a breathtaking bio. And uh, as I was interviewing Dr. Mitch, I was thinking how after all these years, I've really finally found a medical doctor that I would like to have as my medical doctor. We cover a broad variety of topics as well as going into quite a bit of detail about his background and some of his major influences. And uh, I know you'll enjoy this uh, interview as much as I did. So without further ado, here's Dr. Mitch. Welcome, friends. Welcome to another edition of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. I'm your host, Dr. David, Dr. David Kamnitzer, also known as the Cutting Edge Doc. And here on Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, we do in-depth interviews with people that are doing cutting-edge work in the areas of healing, spirituality, and social transformation. And I'm particularly thrilled about today's show because we're going to be speaking with a medical doctor named Dr. Mitch Fleischer, and um, I've actually known of Mitch for several years, but we've just started to get to know each other personally over the last few weeks, and I'm very excited. Most of you know that I'm a holistic doctor as well. I'm a holistic chiropractor with special training in clinical nutrition, herbs, and I'm also an ontological coach. And I also do a lot of energy work. And one of the things that I've wanted to do for decades is I've wanted to connect with a medical doctor that I felt really connected to on every level—spiritual uh, connection, intellectual affinity, uh, heart, and uh, experience. And I'm so excited because I feel like I've finally found a kindred spirit in the medical profession. I'm excited about what might come of that and it's exciting to share this conversation with you so I'm going to uh, just bring Dr. Mitch into the conversation and then I'm going to uh, read you his incredibly impressive bio so Dr. Mitch are you there?
1: I am David, Dr. David, thank you so much that was very gracious of you to say and, and I look forward to this interview
0: okay well here we go so Take a deep breath and I'm going to dive in here. Dr. Mitchell A. Fleischer, MD, and then there's a ridiculous number of letters after that. So (laughs) I'm not even going to get into that. So here we go. Dr. Mitch Fleischer is a double board certified family physician specializing in classical homeopathy, nutritional and botanical medicine, chelation biooxidative and bioidentical hormone therapy with over 30 years experience practicing the gentler art and science of integrative medicine dr fleischer has served as an active member of the clinical faculty of the National Center for Homeopathy, a clinical instructor for the University of Virginia Health Sciences Center and at the Medical College of Virginia, where he has taught homeopathy in the introductory complementary medicine programs, and has and continues to lecture throughout the U.S. and internationally on classical homeopathy and nutritional therapy to both medical professionals and the lay public. Hold on, you guys. I need to take a sip of water before I keep going. (laughs) Dr. Fleischer has served on the faculty of the New England School of Homeopathy and as a clinical preceptor for the esteemed Hahnemann College of Homeopathy and is a graduate of both of these homeopathic institutions. He attended Stanford University School of Medicine during which time he began his homeopathic studies in 1975 and he's a former assistant clinical professor of family medicine at the Medical College of Virginia and former associate medical director of the MCV Blackstone Family Practice Residency Training Program. I feel like I should get a gold star for just saying that, of which he is a graduate. He's also a former assistant clinical professor of family medicine at the University of Virginia Health Sciences Center and Is a fellow of the American Academy of Family Physicians, diplomat of the American Board of Family Medicine, diplomat of the American Board of Homeotherapeutics, and diplomat candidate of the American Board of Chelation Therapy. He serves as a professional integrative med- medicine consultant to several major healthcare institutions and corporations. And as an organizer and participant in integrative medicine clinical research, as a medical director of a highly regarded nutritional company involved in the research and development of high quality nutraceutical supplements, as an editorial advisor for several published texts on homeopathy and nutritional therapy and contributes articles on homeopathic medicine, nutritional therapy, chelation therapy, and integrative complementary alternative medicine to medical journals and popular magazines. Hold on, it's water time. Dr. Fleischer is the chief medical officer and vice president of HR Wellness Consultants, LLC, a unique cutting-edge consulting firm offering integrative medicine corporate wellness programs to empower employees with safe non-toxic, cost-effective tools to improve their health and that of their families in the workplace and beyond. He's the author of Alternative Dr. M. Care Natural Medical Self-Care Protocols, designed to help people help themselves with natural therapies, which may be accessible at www.alternativedrmcare.com. That's www.alternativedrmcare.com care.com. Dr. Fleischer is in private practice in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains in Nelliesford, Virginia, and can be contacted at Uh, 434-361-1896. By the way, we'll give that contact number at the end of the interview as well. He may also be reached via his website at www.alternativemedcare.com. An international resource for integrative complementary alternative medicine. Wow! <laughs> I'm sure that in the history of this show, even if it goes on for 20 years, I will never have a longer bio reading than this one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And actually, I call that my brief professional autobiography.
0: (laughs) My goodness. Um, All I can say is it must be interesting being married to you.
1: (laughs) You'll have to ask my wife. (laughs) What happens to actually, uh, Laura is um, a a holistic integrative nutrition uh, counselor. So we do a lot of work together.
0: I was going to say she better be. <laughs>
1: yeah, she she's a, she's an HR specialist then. She's the she's the president of HR wellness consultants and it is she's quite knowledgeable, great deal of expertise in synthesizing um human relations in, in the corporate workplace uh with integrative CAM. This is what we're bringing to the world now, which is really quite exciting because it's it's cutting edge and brand new well, never been done before.
0: It's really exciting and an honor to uh, be able to share this time and space with you. Um, it feels like uh, like I'm talking with a kindred soul here. And, uh, you know, with the amount of knowledge and experience that you have and attempting to interface with our society as it currently exists, with all of its miasma and its distortions and brainwashing, uh, I would imagine that Um, that you face all of the excitement and all of the challenges that any innovator faces when they're attempting to disseminate an innovation or something of value. And, um, And I know as an innovator myself, I know that the process of becoming who we need to be in order to effectively innovate and have our breakthroughs or our understandings or the the resources we have access to, to have them benefit the collective that we want to serve and to make the connections where people begin to know and like and trust us and will consider new ideas. I know that that's quite a journey. I mean, it's a spiritual journey as well as a professional and personal journey. And uh, I just wanted to mention that as a way of uh, inviting you to begin to share about yourself and your own personal journey that uh, is obviously incredibly rich.
1: Thank you, David. I really appreciate it. Uh, And this is a wonderful opportunity to share. Uh, and And I totally agree with you. It really has been a pretty profound spiritual journey that for me began at a fairly young age. Uh, I actually was came from a family of, of, of uh, physicians. My uh, mother's father, my grandfather was a physician and uh, his two sons, the uncles. And actually, my great-great-grandfather was the only uh, Jewish physician to the Tsar of Russia before the revolution. Uh, so I had that kind of history before me. And, and as a small boy, my grandfather used to take me in his Studebaker when I was five, six years old um, uh, on house calls. After World War II, a lot of Uh, doctors, especially he was a urological surgeon, uh, but they they came back from the war and had to be general practitioners because there are so few GPs left after World War II. Uh, So he would take me around visiting his patients, and I I got to see that really uh, close contact and and human touch and incredible bedside manner that he had, and it deeply impressed me. Um, So I I was convinced that I wanted to be a doctor from four and a half years old. Um, and just in my, my, my feelings, my aspirations never changed at that time. And, um, having been brought up in, in the, uh, 1960s, 1970s, that was called the human potential movement, um, where Eastern mysticism and philosophy, uh, came in contact with, uh, Western science and medicine. And it was a really interesting time of synthesis, um, and for me, it stimulated my mind in, in completely new horizons. I realized that medicine was much more vast than my grandfather, my uncles, and my family knew. Um, and if I read my first book on naturopathic medicine when I was 17. It was John List's treatise on American Herbal Medicine. Uh, and I was so excited I, I went into the woods. I lived in an area where there were lots and lots of woods for miles and miles and collected a lot of plants and started my own medicinal plant collection, um, but I was still in high school and continued that into um, my college years. Uh, then I, my next book I read was uh, Felix Mann's Triestus on the Yellow Emperor, which is the first um, U.S. introduction to traditional Chinese medicine. And I saw how comprehensive medicine could be really integrating the physical, the emotional, and mental and the spiritual in a way that was truly holistic. And I, I thought at that point before, while I was still pre-medical in uh, college, that I would do traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, uh, and studied a lot of things. Uh, went to the Kaseya Institute, which is the East Coast version of the Ess1 Center, and, and which is in Big Sur, California, where there are a lot of holistic practitioners, a lot of lay practitioners, very few physicians at that time, uh, practicing all sorts of really interesting cutting edge, new age medicine, um, and got introduced to nutrition, to fasting, to Dr. Christopher's herbal medicine, a whole range of things. And it was just a very, very exciting time to experience things firsthand. And that became the driving force and motive in my own life, in that uh, I realized that in order to be uh, a really... Genuine, holistic medical doctor, I had to walk my own talk. Uh, I had to do these things myself and find out firsthand whether they really worked or not. So that's what I went about doing. I went on all kinds of fast. I tried different herbs before I would recommend them to anybody. I would do a lot of reading before I'd recommend the book to anyone. So it became very f- firsthand knowledge rather than just theoretical knowledge. Um, and that's too often the problem in, in allopathic medicine is that it's really a lot, a lot of didactic book knowledge and theoretical information and not firsthand experiences. You don't see regular doctors taking a lot of the drugs they prescribe because they realize it would make them very sick. Whereas if you when you employ naturopathic and holistic homeopathic uh, uh, Ayurvedic uh, approaches, methodologies, and, and, and self-healing and self-care, you, you, have, you generally have good results if you know what you're doing. So, I, I began to accumulate a lot of personal experience in that way about work, what worked and what didn't work, and began cataloging it in order to be able to share it with eventually my patients. Um, it, was, um, uh, it wasn't until I got into the first year of, of medical school, and I went, I went to uh, Stanford in California. Um, and it was interesting in that in the very first day of orientation, it, it's, medical school is a very strange experience. Uh, you realize that you feel like, a, a, as Robert Highland said, it's a stranger in a strange land. Um, and there was a small group of uh, students out of the 120 that were there for orientation that also looked like they were felt like strangers in a strange land, and we uh, managed to meet together. And uh, um, they, I found out that a few of them, were Apache Mescalero Indians, and they had had uh, traditional uh, Indian healing experiences. Um, uh, a few were, were Chicanos that were into the La Raza natural medicines. So we began talking about all this in orientation of medical school the very first day. And I told them what I had experienced in uh, um, Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, American botanical naturopathic medicine. And we decided to create uh, an underground study cell. And uh, I actually commandeered uh, funds from the Stanford Medical Student Association and created a study group uh, after hours. And we drew upon the rich source of practitioners in the area around uh, Palo Alto and Menlo Park that was surrounding Stanford and vicinity. And there were some really fantastic practitioners Um that we drew on and learned from and actually recorded those and put him in the Stanford student library <laughs> interestingly enough it was is probably even still there and it was in the it was in December of 1975 where we brought to our group uh one evening um uh Dr. Bill Gray who was a graduate of Stanford and he was at that time practicing full-time homeopathic medicine in uh Minla, um, in Mill Valley uh, across from uh uh, San Francisco, and uh, he gave this really in-depth, comprehensive, really wonderful presentation on homeopathic medicine, about which i never heard it th- until that point. And it blew my mind that here was a Western system of healing that really took into account the physical the mental, emotional, in a truly holistic way, uh, that I, at that point supplanted the need for me to study Ayurvedic medicine and traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, and, and I realized, well, I don't have to learn Chinese or Sanskrit. I was try- and I was studying uh, Chinese at that time in order to do that, to study in China. Um, and I also didn't have to stack needles in little kids because I experienced some acupuncture. My first experience, they put needles in the, in the dorsum of my feet and I practically hit the ceiling. And I wondered, how am I going to do this with children? <laughs> at that time, uh, there wasn't anybody teaching uh, what's called twina which is a form of Chinese acupressure in the States. It was introduced later. Um, So I didn't know about that until years later. But in any case, uh, I arranged to do a preceptorship, uh, that is, sitting in with him, with Dr. Gray in his office, between my first and, uh, and second year of medical school, and uh, after the first year of medical school, you really come out thinking, oh, you're on the top of the world. You know everything you need to know. It's really a ridiculous arrogance that a lot of medical students have. <laughs> and I was very, very quickly disavowed of it. In um, sitting with him, uh, we start early in the morning, 7, 730 in the morning, start seeing patients. And he was spending a, in, in a minimum of a half an hour to 45 minutes in follow-up with each patient and at least an hour and a half to two hours with each new intake and i was just amazed at the depth of information he was able to cull from patients and the way he was able to weave together the physical the mental and the emotional into a complex thematic pattern that described the whole person and be able from the analysis of that information find a single remedy from nature that when potentized in an energetic form would act as a profound catalyst to their own god-given innate defense mechanism and I was able to see the follow-up of these patients because we sat in and saw patients together uh, six days a week um, for a full three months. Um, and it, I saw things that completely blew my mind. Patients with steroid-dependent asthma, uh, which is, uh, to get them off the stairs at that point is unheard of from a conventional allopathic perspective, but he was weaning these people off their drugs and and helping to truly... Um, alleviate their symptoms or cure them in the truest sense of the word. Uh, and I saw cases of I saw a case of uh, Huntington's chorea, which is a genetically inherited disorder where someone just neurologically degenerates and and dies over a few years. And that he had this person completely stabilized, and and which was again completely unheard of. So essentially, he took everything I thought I knew and showed me how it was wrong. And it was a very enlightening experience, at the very least, to find out that everything you think you know is wrong, and the universe is much, much bigger than you can ever imagine. Um, So that was a pretty profound spiritual experience. And at the end of each day, I remember he used to, uh, we used to sit in the the sunlight of his office, and as the, the the sunset light was pouring into the room, right in my eyes, he would be uh, giving me some spiritual instructions, because he was a really uh, uh, avid student of uh, spiritual masters, especially in Advaita Vedanta, uh, which is a form of um, uh, Indian philosophy, where, which is really, really beautiful, which is, teaches you how to be in the present moment. So here I was, you know, a young medical student, my first year, being totally imbued in this phenomenal system of healing, and also getting all these spiritual lessons I'd never uh, experienced before in my life or heard of. And uh, it was quite an experience. And after that three-month period, I realized my life was completely changed, and that I I, I couldn't do anything but dedicate my life to this. And that's essentially what I did. Um, But but, uh, six months after that, I helped organize Stanford University Medical School's first um, holistic Medical Conference. We called it, we called it the Fundamental Laws of Natural Healing. Uh, brought uh, several uh, very, very good holistic healers, including Dr. Gray from around uh, the, the Bay Area, of uh, San Francisco, and uh, to speak. And uh, invited all of the medical students of Stanford University Medical School, U- uh, University of California at San Francisco Medical School, all the faculty, all the nurses, uh, and put flyers everywhere. And we we had uh, something like 800, over 800 people show up, um, and there were about five or six medical students, about almost 50 to 100 nurses, and not a single doctor. (laughs) So it it let me understand from an early age um, uh, who was open to holistic medicine and who wasn't. Uh, But I decided that I would go through medical school and seek to become a bridge between holistic medicine, uh, alternative medicine, uh, now called complementary alternative medicine, or CAM, and conventional um, allopathic uh, orthodox medicine, because I I felt very strongly that that had to happen. And over the years, uh, I've I've trained uh, several young physicians, and uh, I've had a lot of medical students and resident physicians rotate through my practice. uh, But I found that the people that are most open to uh, holistic medicine are, are those who have some sort of spiritual opening to begin with. And they, and they tend to be nurses. They tend to be chiropractors and naturopaths uh, and people that are into nutrition from an early age. But I found that a lot of MDs and, and, and osteopaths are not quite open to it yet back then, back in the 70s and 80s and 90s and 2000s. But in this past, in this current decade, it seems to finally have taken root and it's really exploding um, and the interest in genuine holistic medicine is rapidly, exponentially expanding, which is very gratifying. You know, when I was in medical school back in the 70s, there was no such thing as an integrative medicine center. I had no one at Stanford at that regard. I had spoken to some of the doctors, especially in the Department of Internal Medicine and Psychiatry, about doing such a thing. But at that time, they wouldn't even consider it. Um, and, but now, here in, in, in 2015, there is an active... Integrated Medicine Center at Stanford at UCSF, uh, so at Tufts and Harvard and a lot of the major uh, Ivy League and non-Ivy League medical schools. Schools and it's very very gratifying. And in fact, I'm in the process of helping to establish a new integrated medicine center at uh, a major uh, hospital nearby in Shenandoah uh, Valley, Virginia, which will be the first in the state. So there's a lot of progress being made. That's very gratifying um, and. Over the years, I I found that in addition to classical homeopathic medicine, which is a very beautiful comprehensive system of healing that utilizes medicines prepared in a bioenergetic form to stimulate the vital force, I found in addition to uh, homeopathy, by adding in uh, nutritional therapy, detoxification uh, botanical medicine and eventually also chelation therapy to IV and oral to help remove heavy metal toxins, um, bio-oxidative therapy to help bring oxygen to the tissues and help heal infection and inflammation and, and, and liven the tissues and the immune system. By bringing all that integrative approach together, uh, I've created a practice that's very gratifying in, uh, in that I see people come very, very ill uh... with sacks and sacks of medicine all kinds of kinds of herbs and vitamins and whatnot and yet they're still a mess and when we sit down and take a very comprehensive uh... detailed candid and honest history from them when they're able to give me that kind of information and over the years i've learned how to extract that from people uh... in a gentle way that makes them feel comfortable sharing the intimate details of their inner lives what, by gathering that information, analyzing it, and seeing the core of what is causing their imbalances, the very center of their, of their true disease process, um, and then applying a remedy from nature that acts as a bioenergy catalyst or stimulus to give their God-given innate mechanism the energy information they need to do what they would have done had they had the energy to begin with, It causes an unfoldment that is just a beautiful experience Uh, in following people through a family medicine model, because that's what I decided to do in residency after medical school, go to uh, family practice residency training, uh, because I could take care of infants and children and adults and people and women and obstetrics and surgical patients, the whole nine yards, that really lends itself very much to holistic, especially homeopathic medicine. Um, And following people long-term, which is what you do in family medicine, you develop deep relationships with people and you follow their whole families. And and following people over time, I've watched that not only are people's physical symptoms alleviated, uh, but they gradually grow in their uh, conscious awareness and be able able to have the skill to understand themselves enough to utilize self-care uh, and become more compliant with their therapies. Because, you know, the reality is that there's this beautiful quote um, by uh, French philosopher Voltaire, that the, um, the job of the physician is to entertain the patient while nature cures the disease. And I see that as very much being the truth. You know, uh, the, the, the interview process that I do with people um, which is predicated one on a, a very in- extensive questionnaire that I have them fill out before they even see me. It's almost like a thesis of their lives, physically, mentally, emotionally, that I study beforehand. Uh, and then the interview process, which can takes an average of two and a half to three hours, they see themselves in a way that they may never, that many people never do in their lives. They see, begin to see how the physical and the mental and emotional parts of themselves fit together as one dynamic whole. Um, And in doing so, that in and of itself is profoundly healing and consciousness raising. And then watching someone go from uh, being maybe closed minded or irritable or depressed or or have a negative view towards life gradually over the course of months and years, open up to their inner beauty and the outer beauty of the world and then really heal in ways that they can move towards the truest ideal of health, which in a homeopathic perspective is altruism. Um, it's just a beautiful process, really beautiful process. And I think one of the most, um, gratifying things I've learned from, uh, especially from homeopathic medicine is how to evaluate, how to truly understand, uh, what is health and what is the lack of health. And, uh, one of the greatest homeopathic masters, George Valtokas, uh, who was helped in writing this, this, this whole book by uh, Dr. Bill Gray, uh, laid down some basic principles for what is true health. And the first is uh, health on the physical level would be freedom from limitations from pain or physical disability. The ability to be able to use your body to its fullest capacity uh, without pain uh, or, or mechanical limitation such that you really have a happy, fulfilled life. Do all the exercise you want, you hike, you can dance, you can do whatever you need to do. You can digest well, you know, all of that. Your muscles, your joints feel good, you can breathe well, your heart's pumping right, all of that. And then health on the emotional level would be a freedom from limitation of being stuck in any one given emotion. You're not stuck in sadness or depression, you're also not stuck in, in, a, uh, in elation or over-happiness or, or mania. Uh, there's no one emotion that you're stuck in. You can experience the full spectrum of human emotionality freely, and that's emotional freedom and emotional health. And then freedom uh, uh, and health on the <laughs> mental level is the ability to use your mind creatively, Uh, have full access to your memory and cognition um, on all levels, short and long term, to be able to come up with some creative beautiful ideas that you can communicate clearly with others. And then health on the ultimate spiritual level is the cumulative health of the physical, emotional, and mental bodies such that one can achieve the highest levels of health and the highest level of health from, from this perspective is true altruism. That is, you, you have your act so together, you're so healthy physically, emotionally, mentally, that you want to give back to life. And that's true altruism. And you do it with a, with a compassionate, open heart. Um, and that's the ultimate goal of healing. And in when I evaluate each patient now, I evaluate them from that perspective. Where their health is depends on how much freedom they have on the physical, on the mental on emotional and spiritual levels in this way and it helps to guide me uh, and tell me whether the intervention that I have employed in a given patient is actually working is it helping them free free up from their symptoms on all of these levels or not and then you know what to change or what to continue it's very very gratifying approach and again one of the most special experiences I've had Uh, as a physician in this regard, is watching people unfold unfold in this way, moving through the physical limitations and emotional and mental, and getting to a place in their life where they're able, where they're healthy enough on all levels to really give back to life, (laughs) to give to the world. It's really very, very gratifying, Dr. David.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Mitch. Uh, I really hear you, and I resonate profoundly with what you're saying. It sounds like that meeting with Dr. Gray was really the pivotal moment uh, for this lifetime for you.
1: That was one of them. Yeah. He was like a spiritual big brother to me. And there's been others um, uh, that I'm very grateful to. And in fact, it's, I, I, I sort of evolved into a state of realizing that ultimately the best attitude is gratitude. There, there's so many things to be grateful for in life and I, I impart that to my patients that, you know, when, when you're depressed, uh, it, it, you look in the mirror and you say, there's a lot in life I have to be grateful. Well, and maybe in this moment, I don't feel it, but I will do my best to smile at myself. And you know, there's research that's been really, <laughs> there's, there's been psychological, uh, neuropsychological and physiological research done that if someone's in a bad mood or depressed or anxious or whatnot, if you look in the mirror and smile at yourself and force yourself to smile, just the, the neuroimpulses neuro of the muscles in your face feed back to the brain and actually release chemicals, the neurochemicals, uh, serotonin um, and uh, norep- norepinephrine that actually start changing your mood and make you happy. So <laughs> this, this is part of that process in realizing that the attitude of gratitude is a very, very healing uh, and powerful tool.
0: So you and I, I think, are about the same age and kind of came of age around the same time. I was, let me just check that out. I was born in April of 1956.
1: I was born in June of
0: 1953. Okay. So we're right in that baby boomer ballpark. and
1: We're in the apex.
0: (laughs) I've been in the healing arts in one form or another now for almost 40 years. And I've been a doctor, holistic doctor for 27 and in my assessment it's much more difficult to help people get well now than it was when i first started in practice and i and, and 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 i have always been motivated by my failures by both by my vision of possibility but also by my failures uh challenges in my own life and then times when I'm working with a patient and it's not going the way I want it to go. And that's definitely part of what catalyzes my learning as well as my faith and my vision of possibility. And so, looking at the issue of what makes it harder to help people get well now, and of course, I can't speak to doctors everywhere in the world. You know, I practice in Northern California, but I looked at Life. I looked at other people's lives. I looked at my own life and I looked at, okay, what's really changed in the last 25, 30 years that could be correlated with this? And what jumps out at me immediately are a few things. And then I just want to open it up for your comments. One is drastic changes in the topsoil and the food supply, drastic changes in the amount of uh, drugs, both prescription and over-the-counter that people are taking. Also, a drastic increase in the number of people taking synthetic vitamins. And uh, another thing, an enormous increase in the number of vaccines that people are getting. So these were things that struck me immediately in addition to kind of unparalleled uh, stresses in background radiation, um, economic pressures, uh, uh, more sedentary lifestyle and uh, I want to open it up and see if, if your assessment is quite similar if you have some thing to add to that. And also you know the, the fact that I observed these things moved me and motivated me to look for um, disruptive technologies, uh, solutions to this that are that work, that are affordable, that are doable, that are safe, And things like that. And uh, later on in the interview, I want to talk about share about things we've discovered that uh, seem to work in that direction. But for now, let's kind of uh, immerse ourselves more in the water we're swimming in—the current water. Uh, So that's my assessment of what's changed over the last twenty-five or thirty years that could correlate with sort of the weaker fabric of of the people I'm seeing these days and the challenges in. Uh, truly sharing uh, uh, peak levels of wellness.
1: I totally agree with you, Dr. David. This is a major issue that I've been uh, witnessing in my own practice, and actually it's something that is, is uh, widely discussed in uh, homeopathic medical circles. Because when we, in in, I mean, we read in the old literature, the homeopathic literature um, from almost 200 years ago, uh, uh, they would prescribe certain remedies and have these wonderful results, cured cases, and, and with the same remedy and similar conditions nowadays, we're not finding it so easy. The patients don't respond as well. So this is something that we really looked at. And, and it's a broad range of, of factors. And it has to do with things that you've already mentioned. Uh, um, there's environmental toxicity, uh, emotional toxicity, social toxicity, uh, s- the separation from nature, um, uh, the degree of stress in our overly fast-moving uh, materialistic society. And you, just con- just considering the fact that you know when when Dr. Samuel Hahnemann, the founder of homeopathy, was practicing medicine, it was the late 1700s uh, and the early 1800s, and there was no such thing as genetically engineered inorganic foods and artificial fertilizer and destruction of the soil. People lived in, uh, uh, and ate close to the earth, uh, regionally grown foods, uh, fresh, fresh and seasonal. They wasn't the not they didn't have uh, ke- chemical toxicities that we had. Also, the fact that since the end of World War II, uh, companies like Dow Chemical and Syngenta and Monsanto and others have been and Merck have been spewing uh, over 5,000 new chemicals into the environment every year uh, that the EPA and other agencies don't regulate. And a lot of these things are carcinogenic, cancer-causing, and um, they cause chronic neurodegenerative diseases. There's an increased incidence of... of um, Things like MS, uh, multiple sclerosis, Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, and a wide range of very strange uncategorical uh, disorders they can't even diagnose, like Morgellons disease, a very, very strange one, that have to do to with cumulative toxicity uh, impacting the human species. So you have uh, toxicity in the water, in the air, and the, a part of the water you mentioned is there's uh, been a lot of studies that have been done showing that a lot of the drinking water is contaminated with pharmaceutical drugs. You can hardly get away from it now. And a lot of the seafood is contaminated with pharmaceutical drugs that come out of our sewage into the the oceans. Um, We also are, um, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, uh, our air was fairly clean. uh, But now, not only do we have chemical toxins, noxious gases, um, greenhouse gases, we also have microwave energy, and it's difficult to find anywhere you go these days, shopping centers, banks, schools, whatever, universities, hospitals, that don't have Wi-Fi. So we're constantly being bombarded with um, these electromagnetic energies that have been clearly shown uh, by scientists who are working in this field in in Europe and and Russia and other places to impact the uh, cellular communication systems within our body and disrupt it. And disrupt our immune systems, make us more susceptible to chronic degenerative diseases, chronic infections, to cancers, whatnot. So we are very, very severely impacted uh, from several dimensions. And so we have to, as practitioners these days, take all of that into account. Being a holistic practitioner in, in in the 2010s of the United States of America and the world, we have to address all these sources of toxicity in order to make our therapies work. So we have to not only give our remedies that we know will stimulate the body's, body's ability to heal itself, whether it's homeopathic medicines, botanical herbal medicines, or nutritional supplementation, what have you, or chiropractic or osteopathic manipulative therapy, any acupuncture, any kind of a, a therapy that stimulates the vital force. At the same time, we also... Uh, um, have to deal with detoxification of the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, in order to make these therapies be as effective as they once were. Um, and I've considered this in my own life. Uh, I started experiencing the different kinds of detoxification programs as early as my, my college years, um, and uh, doing a lot of different kinds of fasts, juice fasting. Uh, the Dr. of was famous... Um, uh, spicy lemonade fast to clean out the kidneys. I did all kinds of programs, and I realized that nowadays there are some fundamental things that people absolutely need to do if they truly want to be healthy, other than just going to a, a holistic doctor and getting their nostrum. Uh, there's some there there's some basic personal responsibility that we have to take, and that's the, in fact, that's the number one principle of spirituality. Number one is personal responsibility. For your own physical, emotional, mental health. Uh, and helping to be a partner to someone, not using the conventional allopathic paradigm uh, uh, of patriarchy, where the doctor is the healer and, the, and, and knows everything and the patients have the kowtow to them. I don't believe that at all. My patients and I, we're partners, and I simply educate them and give them tools that they can use to heal themselves, including the homeopathic remedy. When I give a remedy, I don't think I've done it. I know that all I did was understand what they told me about themselves, what they observed, and I give them a remedy from nature that's really a spark of consciousness that stimulates their own ability to heal themselves and they heal themselves, and we get out of the way. But also give them tools for nourishing their bodies, detoxifying their bodies, giving them tools to help detoxify their emotional and mental bodies. This is essential for true healing these days. And uh, I think it's worthwhile exploring some of these things. But one of the number one principles... I I tell my patients is, you need to really uh, uh, look at changing your dietary patterns, that it's critically important nowadays to eat organic, non-genetically manipulated foods. This is a much more serious problem than a lot of people realize because, you know, basically almost all the wheat, uh, uh, if you even eat wheat, you're not gluten sensitive, and almost all the corn and all the soy and a lot of the foodstuffs that we are exposed to in the supermarkets uh, are toxic and genetically engineered, where you're putting the gene, the chromosomes, the genetic material of an insect into a plant. I mean, that's completely unnatural and doesn't occur in nature. And it's created toxic substances, toxic proteins and lipoproteins in foods that didn't exist before that are creating uh, immune disruption, endocrine hormonal disruption, um, that are creating neurological problems. And, and also, you have foods that are, that are manipulated in such a way that they have uh, toxic pesticides in them, like the, the Monsanto product glyphosate or um, Roundup. Uh, that contaminates so many foods, it's unbelievable. I mean, virtually all the soy and the corn out there has a, a residues of glyphosate in it, and it's been shown very clearly by a plethora, just a mountain of evidence from researchers around the world That this is an extremely toxic substance, even worse than DDT. Uh, And it's it's ubiquitous. It's hard to find uh, food products that don't have some of it in it these days. Organic farmers have to be very assiduous uh, about making sure that their crops are not contaminated. Uh, And it's been shown to cause neurodegenerative diseases, tumors, and and lab animals uh, to kill farm animals who are exposed to it. So, this is a very, very important issue that we as holistic healers must bring forward. That one, they, our patients and people need to eat organic, non genetically engineered, regionally grown foods. They need to drink pure water. Very important. A lot of people are unbelievably dehydrated and are, you know, they're living on coffee, whether it's organic coffee or not. They need to drink water because you get dehydrated on caffeine and get them off things like soda pop. Uh, And uh, which contains phosphoric acid leaching your bones and get them away from things uh, that that are full of uh, high fructose corn syrup, which, by the way, is genetically engineered um, and full of toxins as well to get them away from that sort of lifestyle. The typical American diet, which has unfortunately been exported to several other countries in the world, is basically toxic. It's life denying rather than life affirming. And that's been proven since, uh, from our researchers uh, since the turn of the last century. So we, we have the evidence clearly before us. We know what we need to do. So organic non-GMO foods, pure water, an adequate amount of exercise to help move the body, move the lymph. Uh, it's a very important exercise because we produce organic acids that help naturally detoxify us on a daily basis. So even a brisk walk for 20 to 30 minutes a day. A critical. We can't do without it. That's absolutely essential. Um, and then adequate sleep, which can include some degree of meditation. Because many, many people are totally sleep deprived. And there's a very interesting um, uh, uh, fact that's been uh, discovered by neuroscientists and just in the last uh, six months to a year. You know, for uh, many, many years, uh, doctors and scientists wanted to know how the brain detoxified itself. Because even though we have lymph channels and lymph glands in all the other organs of the body, the brain does not have a lymphatic system. So they wondered, how does the brain clear itself out? And they discovered by elegant, very elegant research using PET scans or positron emission tomography that when somebody went into sleep, especially into REM sleep or dream sleep, uh, the cerebral spinal fluid that surrounds the brain and spinal cord, which act, would actually trickle down the blood vessels or capillaries of the brain uh, in, uh, from above downwards. And they could see, the, and the color is a red wave moving down the brain and flushing out all the toxins and waste products from the brain and out uh, would cross the blood brain barrier, then be released through the kidneys. When someone doesn't get adequate sleep, they don't get that detoxification and flushing of the brain and regeneration, and it leads to all sorts of not only emotional and mental problems and sleepiness and, and, and lack of uh, function and memory, but also leads to physical problems because the brain uh, um, is, is a controller of all of the tissues and organs in the body. And also that's where the pituitary gland is, the main uh, gland that controls all the other hormonal glands, right? It sits in the brain so you have to flush out so then therefore adequate amounts of sleep so if you do those those basic things you can be fundamentally healthy and uh, and restore your health the other thing i found that that is extremely important uh, to main health these days and goes right along with uh, what you mentioned initially and in this whole era of the, of toxicity is regular fasting Uh, When human beings evolved as hunter-gatherers, you know, more than uh, several hundred thousand years ago, a few million years ago, we didn't have ready access to food all the time. You know, we didn't have 7-Elevens and grocery stores and the rest of it. We were used to going through periods of fast and famine. During the, the spring and the summer, when there was lots of food, we would stuff ourselves and, you know, eat as much as you could to create a big fat pan. So that during the lean times of the fall and winter, uh, you could essentially go into a hibernation phase and and release all that stored fat. Well, we don't do that anymore. And it turns out that that's very detrimental to continually eat, eat, eat every day. Um, And there's a lot of research now coming out that's proven that if you do a fast day once a week, uh, you put your body into a, a state of what's called ketogenesis. That is, when you're not taking the carbohydrates in or the proteins in, you will begin to burn your own fat. And turning over the fat, you release a lot of the stored fat-soluble or lipophilic fat-loving toxins. And a lot of the dioxanes, the DDTs, the glyphosates, the plasticizers, the BPA bisphenol A, a lot of environmental chemicals are fat-soluble. So they they go through your breath. You breathe them in. You drink them in. You eat them in. They go right through your skin, and they get deposited in your fat tissues and and gradually poison you over over months, years, and decades. Uh, And regular fasting helps you turn over your fat cells and flush those toxins out. In addition, when you burn fat, it releases uh, chemicals called ketones. That gives a fruity flavor, uh, odor to your breath. And it turns out that your brain loves ketones. It will use sugar, if that's what it's got, but it loves ketones and... If you've ever gone through a fast, you know that feeling of being, after a few days, when your body's not using sugar or carbs anymore, it's just using ketones for burning your own fat cells, uh, that you think clearer, have a better mood, you just feel great, and your muscles and everything feels better, and your skin looks clearer. So this weekly process of fasting, um, which could include either just using lemon water or grapefruits or... Uh, green drinks, which are even better, which are very low in carbohydrates and low protein and low in fat that allow you to go through this process of burning your own stored toxins and fats. It's a very, very health-giving thing, and I, um, I educate my patients continually about this and give them resources for easily uh, obtainable organic uh, non-GMO green drinks that they can use, which we can discuss later. Well, what kind of things do you do, Dr. David?
0: Well, I do a lot of the things that you're talking about, but I also do a lot of structural work, excuse me, and a lot of energetic work. And uh, I was so thrilled when you talked about the CSF, cerebral spinal fluid connection, because I also do a lot of cranial work. And then I also do a lot of emotionally based clearing work using EFT, emotional freedom technique. And I also, for people that are more spiritually open, I also, I also function as a Ontological coach, so we're right along the same lines. Um, one question I had—I had a couple questions—and then uh, wanted you to talk about another problem that I think most people are really blind to. Um, one question I had is: Is, is a one-day fast enough to uh, trigger significant ketosis? I've always felt that uh, a two-day A two-day fast, like you're talking about, and then in that second day of that two-day, you really get uh, much more ketosis than you get the first day. So you actually get more bang for your buck by doing um, an intelligent two-day cleanse than a one-day.
1: That, that's true, that you, you get increasing ketosis as time goes on. But after uh, when, when, some, when I have people begin it, I would tell them that you know you can have your dinner by no longer, you eat no solid foods after 6 o'clock the night before, and you can just have water until midnight, and then you'd eat nothing. Through the overnight fast, uh, you already begin the ketotic process. You've used up most of your carbs pretty quickly, um, and you're already beginning to create ketones that day. And this is a, it's a matter of practicality because a lot of people, um, when you're first introducing them to this sort of detoxification program on a regular basis, it's, really, it's very, very new to them. Uh, people have never done fasting before. It's sort of putting their toe in the water and they realize that they can survive a day. And they come back and they say, Dr. Mitch, you know, this is okay. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, you know, I'd say, are you ready for something more? So then I'll introduce them to doing uh, a, a two or three Uh, day cleanse. I often uh, will introduce someone to the Dr. Uh, Christopher cleanse. You know about that one? Using it's the uh, when you use um, uh, pure water and organic lemon juice and um, organic uh, grade B or C maple syrup and effigy, pepper, cayenne, it's delicious. It's a spiced lemonade, it's very, very good. Uh, um, uh, bowel, gallbladder. And uh, especially kidney cleanse. It's right quick, tasty.
0: I am familiar with it. I don't use it in my practice because I find that uh, for some people and some metabolic types, that it triggers detox symptoms that are too severe for most people. And I, I'm really into compliance and in, and and doing things gradually. So I, I don't use that in my practice. I know for some people and some constitutional types. It's incredible, but I've found that for other people and other constitutional types, it's it's not so
1: good. Yeah, that's a, that's uh, what I find too. That's not something I would introduce someone to immediately. That's just one of the things that people do. So I have someone who comes in who is an athlete in good condition. I might introduce them to that, but the vast majority of people, I introduce them to juicing, to green yeah, juicing. Yeah. And uh, all, 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 there are some uh, uh, other products that... Um, are basically equivalent to green juicing that are a lot easier for them to use because I, I want them to be compliant. That's a major issue with a lot of these integrative therapies um, that are new to people, getting them to, to be compliant and have the experience and realize firsthand that this is very effective. And for uh, a lot of my patients who um, have, shown, have been shown to be uh, pre-diabetic uh, or frankly diabetic, Um, I will put them on on, on green uh, green juice fasts, or I'll introduce them to uh, some green juice products that are easy for them to use. And I've been doing a a 10-day cleanse with people um, to help them lose weight and detoxify. Uh, I found one that's extremely effective that's based on uh, uh, organic non-GMO products. It's been very, very gratifying and easy for my patients to do and have had some very, very good results so that's where I uh, tend to go first with people. And once they've had the experience, uh, what it feels like to do a fast and detoxification and lose the weight and have this incredible energy and your mind feel clearer and you're able to see clearer. It's just they're, they're blown away by it. And then I introduce them to doing it on a regular basis to do that at least once a week and then maybe do a 10 day once a quarter. Uh, so they do not just a spring cleaning, but every every a quarter of the year they're doing a cleanse and they notice that their health dramatically improves just by doing something as simple as that.
0: So I have a question. I don't want us to get too geeky because there are non-doctors listening to this, but one question I have is when I hear about you talking about a 10-day cleanse, one consideration that comes up for me is how do you make it safe to be able to go that long on that type of low calorie, uh, low fat uh, cleanse without the body's adaptive mechanisms kicking in and going. Now, wait a minute. I don't know when the next amount of fat is coming. So I better start storing what I have instead of releasing it. You know, I have found, you know, obviously you have familiarity with tools that I'm, you know, not as familiar with as you, but I've always stayed away from trying to go more than a couple of days on that kind of a program because of a concern about the body adapting, slowing down metabolic rate, um, uh, not getting essential fats, and uh, starting to go into, wait a minute, I don't know when the next calorie is coming, so I better store what I have. Can you talk about some of the breakthroughs in sort of body hacking that allows you to guide people safely through a 10-day cleanse, and why, why, uh, and how how the concerns that I'm pointing to, how they get handled, could, is there a way to talk about that without getting too overly technical?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's been a tremendous amount of research that's been done over the last several decades, exactly along these lines. Uh, and in fact, about 20, 30 years ago. Uh, there was an Institute um, of Nutritional Medicine and, uh, where uh, physicians, researchers, and uh, um, um, epidemiologists, uh, nutritionists got together, and they wanted to address this problem. Of what do you do in, in athletes who are doing strenuous exercise, and, 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 and uh, when, when uh, they wind up Developing what's called sarcopenia, the loss of muscle tissue, loss of protein from their body from the aggressive exercise, and they also wanted to dra- address the same issue that it happens to people who are doing any sort of um, medical fast uh, when they're trying to um, uh, reverse their obesity and come un healthy again, because the same thing tends to happen. So they, you know, what do you do when uh, you're doing a low a calorie, low carbohydrate, and a relatively low fat diet? Um, because what happens after a while, when you burn up your carbohydrate stores in your body, the glycogen stores, uh, then you start uh, metabolizing or breaking down uh, the fat. But at the same time, people tended to also break down pr- the pr- the muscle, the protein in their muscle. And that's not such a good thing. Because that muscle wasting, one, makes you very acid and t- feel toxic. Um, and disrupts the, all of the chemical systems in the body and makes you feel terrible, but it makes you feel weak, so it defeats the purpose. So what they came up with was um, a very interesting combination of the of eight essential amino acids uh, that are necessary for health and life uh, in a very specific combination, such that when you took uh, that amino acid combination uh, while doing any strenuous exercise or doing any fasting, it maintained what's called net nitrogen balance. Basically, you didn't lose any protein at all, no muscle wasting whatsoever, no sarcopenia, loss of muscle, and you specifically burned fat. So any stored fat in the body would be the first thing to go. And the way that works is that in, inside of every single human cell, all 50 trillion cells, you have these little tiny organelles like the si- size of bacteria called mitochondria. And that's those mitochondria are the energy, like the batteries of our cells, where you burn sugar and fat to create the energy of life, the chemical called ATP, triphosphate, that runs all the machinery, the chemical machinery of the cell. That was, that's what gives you energy. And what they sought to do was be able to balance that energy production to give you the right, uh, get the right amount of um, amino acids into the body that would balance, balance your blood sugar because there's a constant exchange between amino acids and glucose and fatty acids in the body and the chemical factors of the cells and socially the liver. So when they gave this, this amino acid complex, and uh, one of the names for it is called super Amino 23 because 23 in that it gets absorbed in 23 minutes into the body much, much faster than if you ate a hamburger or a hot dog or some chicken or fish, which can take three to four hours to assimilate. When they gave this uh, a substance, this crystal amino acid complex, it would help people keep their muscles, keep their energy, have balanced blood sugar yelp levels, and, not, and, and and go into a certain degree of ketosis right away by burning their fat preferentially and not burning muscle and not needing the same amount of carbohydrates. A lot of research has going, gone into also what's the minimum amount of um, carbohydrates that you need, what's the minimum amount of essential fatty acids uh, and mixed triglycerides and other fat lipids that you need to uh, maintain health, let the cells and tissues and organs function well but but at the same time detoxify. And that has been worked out. Uh, And there are now uh, programs available wherein you can take in uh, uh, um, organic non-GMO greens, green drinks that have the right amount of the uh, uh, non-refined but raw organic coarse whole carbohydrates, which is the way that nature intended us to eat them, and also the um, omega-3 fatty acids, omega-6 fatty acids from plant matter, which is the cleanest. And at the same time, take this in, in combination with these special amino acids that keep you from muscle wasting. And then by doing that, your body is satisfied and nourished with all of the mm-hmm. constituents, the, the, the whole foods constituents from these green foods. Uh, um, not, all, not only vegetables, but fruits, And um, uh, especially ones that are rich in phytonutrients and antioxidants, from uh, sprouts, from uh, uh, grass juices, which are some of the cleanest, most nutritious foods in the world, wheat grass juice, barley grass juice from organic sources, Uh, medicinal mushroom extracts that help support the immune system, adaptogenic herbs. Adaptogenic means uh, anything that helps support and accelerate, uh, build up one's physiology or metabolism. When you take all those together, your cells and your tissues and your organs can function optimally in a state of ketogenesis. Uh, Every single day you're burning fat preferentially, releasing the toxins which are are limiting by uh, your your feces, your sweat, your urine. And at the same time, you're taking in really powerful nutrients that are enriching the cells uh, and rebuilding the tissues, regenerating the tissues in a gradually less toxic environment. A lot of research has shown that um, in, at the point of time where people really begin to feel uh, non-toxic or detoxified takes about four to five days, actually. Two days you might feel begin to feel good. But a lot of people who have never done a fast before, uh, the first um, uh, three to four days of, of a fast, when you're be- really beginning to dump a lot of toxins, you can feel kind of yucky. You can feel weak and malaise and yucky. Unless you, unless you do a program that's balanced with the protein uh, and the um, uh, lipids um, and the green foods, as I just mentioned, then you don't tend to feel like that. Well, what's very interesting is I've done these, I've done these 10-day uh, detoxification programs now several times myself, and my wife has too. And it's curious that every single time I've done it, by the, about the fifth morning, I wake up, and I feel I wake up very, very alive, very alert and when I open my eyes literally I see things more crisply and the colors are brighter because I realize I'm seeing things through detoxified eyes and brain and um, many many of my patients, dozens and dozens of my patients have been, who've done this program have had the same experience so the science is there both basic science and political science showing that there are ways in which to do these detoxification programs that are very very effective uh, for the vast majority of people uh, the 10-day period is enough time to lose anywhere between 5 to 20 pounds of weight, which is what mo- the vast majority of people in America tend to be in that overweight range. And If they lose 5 to 20 pounds, they've really done what they needed to do. They've reached about them of weight. There's a big segment of our population that needs to lose more than that. And then there's other kind of programs I've used where they can extend the fast or they can do it uh, um, intermittently and gradually. And, and, and lose the weight in a much healthier way and gradually detoxify so that uh, their cravings can be diminished and or completely go away for junk foods and co- uh, refined carbs and sugar and soda and the rest of that garbage. Um, they could see the difference in their lives when they're t- starting to eat a healthy organic lifestyle away from the junk foods. And, they be- and they're able to then be able to convince to change their habits. And that's the kind of thing that... Uh, creates compliance, where someone incorporates it into their own lifestyle because they've seen the benefits themselves. I find that to be the best way to do it.
0: So this is very exciting, Uh, just thrilling. I mean, my cells are tingling here. Uh, So I want to go back to a a couple of points. One is, because I want to draw you out more on this. So in your experience, is it possible to get all the essential fatty acids that you need from the greens?
1: Yeah, you know, in fact, um, one of the healthiest foods that was ever put on God's green earth are uh, green grass juices, like wheat grass juice, barley grass juice, oak grass juice, because in that initial stage, and if you've ever if you've ever watched pastured animals, horses and cows and goats, they'll have a whole field where you have tall. Uh, firm grass and little baby grass—they always, always go for the brand new, fresh, green, little tiny grass on the ground. And why? Because in that stage, where it's where that where you have this bright green, very soft, leafy grass, prior to what's called bolting, um, it's the it's the most nutritious food in the world. It's rich in chlorophyll. It's the richest natural source of this enzyme called SOD, superoxide dismutase, which is one of the most profound uh, natural enzymes for mopping up. One of the most dangerous free radicals in the human body, which is superoxide radical. Uh, it's also a rich source of chelated vitamins and minerals uh, directly out of rich soil. Um, and it has a lot of natural uh, essential you know, omega-3 fatty acids in the form of uh, alpha-linoleic acid. So you are you're getting all of those constituents. It also has a lot of live enzymes in it that are extremely healthy for you. Uh, so when you make a juice out of that, that is one of the most nutritious foods in the world. And it was even, this is what the Essene scientists back for 2,000 years ago, uh, allegedly, This pre-scientists taught Jesus how to heal. Uh, they taught, taught him about fasting uh, and uh, actually did the first enemas with gourds. And they taught him about eating these fresh-squeezed juices. Um, that was Those were the original naturopaths back then in the, in the Middle East. Um, well, a lot of people don't realize what happens. Uh, in the green juices, when you would see wheatgrass juice or grass juice, a lot of people are afraid to eat them because they think, oh my God, there might be gluten in them. There's no gluten in that early stage. When the plant grows up and the stem becomes firmer and you get this little bolt, a little, a little white bolt, a yellowish bolt, and then you get the production of the leaves and the seeds, the seeds contain the gluten. So, the, you know, the, the, all the gluten is in, in the ger- germ of the grain of the wheat and the spelt and the camut and the rye and the barley. Um, and what gluten is, for people who don't know, uh, that's, that's a molecule that nature created does sort of a, a as the natural baby plant food. Uh, gluten is actually, if you took a string of protein, of amino acids, and then rolled it up into a really tight ball, like a knitting ball uh, of yarn, uh, that was that's like a gluten molecule, very, very complex uh, um, winding up of protein. And a lot of people, unfortunately, because human beings didn't evolve in eating grains, we evolved as hunter-gatherers eating nuts and seeds and roots and berries, um, and we didn't have any milk and uh, bread and pastries and things like that in our original diet from which we evolved. So later on, when we began eating those things around 11,000, 12,000 years ago, that's when paleobiologists, the doctors and scientists who study uh, ancient people and, and what happened to them, that's when they saw a lot of chronic diseases start happening, tuberculosis, brucellosis, cancer, whatnot, um, when we started eating grains. Because when human beings were exposed to this gluten, it was either directly toxic to the intestinal lining across inflammation and thickening of the bowel and malabsorption and, and it led to all sorts of disease, or people developed allergies to it. And the number one allergy that we know about is called celiac disease, when you have what's called an a- IgA, a A antibody to it, and people are allergic to that way can develop very severe bowel disease and very severe uh, brain disease and even convulsions, and absolutely heart disease, skin disease, a whole range of things. But it's not only the people who have true celiac disease that are bothered by it. Uh, there's uh, research going on over the last two decades that's shown a good 80% of people who, even though they don't, may not have celiac disease or IgA allergies to gluten, uh, they, they react to it anyway. Uh, they might have an IgE allergy or an IgG allergy, uh, which are different kinds of reactions. Or they might have a reaction to it and none of the tests. They're not, they're not positive for IgA, IgE, or IgG and still react. And if someone comes to me and says, I have bowel problems and I'm fatigued and I have itchy skin, um, the first thing I do is check for celiac. If they're negative for that, I take them off all gluten anyway. I tell them, get off all grains, um, not even rice, no wheat, no spelt, no kamut, no barley, no rice, no nothing. Just eat vegetables. Just, eat, just have some fruits. Just have sprouts. Just drink plenty of clean water. Have some free-range grass-fed beef, chicken, and fish, things of that nature, in balanced for your own blood type and your constitutional type. And when they do that, very often within six to eight weeks, virtually all the symptoms they have go away. I see that in a lot, a lot of people, or they've improved very much. So that's another big issue.
0: Uh, I, I, I understand. I was just wanting to, to address the specific question that I had about whether we can get all our essential fatty acids from the green foods that you use in that 10-day program, or if you find that it's best to supplement with some small amounts of concentrated sources
1: of efas during the when, when you're doing the uh uh a 10 day a five, three, five, 7 or 10 day cleanse uh you get enough essential fatty acids uh, efas from the greens um that that sustain you during that period of time um that allows your metabolism to function fine um, then when people are uh, go back into a regular eating um, i often recommend that they have a good source of um, animal-source EFAs and plant-source EFAs, so it's balanced, so getting okay. getting a balance of omega-3, 6s, and 9s. I also recommend that people um, uh, introduce organic uh, tropical coconut oil into their diet for the mixed-chain triglycerides um, that are excellent for brain function, for immune function, for the skin, um, for helping to uh, kill off excess candida or other uh, parasitic infections in the gut. Very, very effective food and quite delicious,
0: actually. Um, What about the issue of uh, someone feeling satisfied uh, while they're going through the 10 days? I know that uh, for many people, that experience of feeling satisfied has to do, gets triggered when there's a certain amount of fat in the small intestine. And obviously, there's something else going on here with the 10 days. Have you found that that? That psychological issue of feeling satisfied is a big issue during the 10-day, and if so, uh, do you have some ways of addressing that, or do you find that turns out not to be an issue when you add this particularly special uh, amino acid blend?
1: Uh, in in combination with the amino acid blend and the special uh, detoxifying green drinks, what I have people do is uh, eat, uh, they have these what are called flex foods, like, for example, you know, a few times a day, they might eat uh, uh, an apple, organic apple. They might have some organic celery. Uh, one of the things I often have people do is uh, eat um, half an avocado or make some uh, um, organic guacamole. Uh, so they're getting really high-quality um, omega fatty acids in that way from those foods. Oh, great. They're allowed to have salads. Um, you know, they, so they're getting some solid food throughout the day, but they're eating very cleansing foods. Like if they're not going to go out and have a hamburger or a hot dog or you know, kielbasa during that period of time. They wait until afterwards. So you know, you, you, they are allowed during this 10-day cleanse or longer, depending on how much weight they have to lose, to have some solid foods that are very gratifying. So they're they're getting an adequate amount of proteins, carbohydrates, uh, the the complex carbohydrates and uh, the omega fatty acids during the the diet and they're still able to lose weight and detoxify.
0: Great. And I would imagine that this uh, that this amino acid breakthrough is also really important for anyone as they get older because sarcopenia or muscle loss is huge in that area and also for people on dialysis.
1: That's very, very true. I have a lot of my patients who have chronic uh, both liver, kidney problems uh, all my patients that have uh, insulin resistant or prediabetes and diabetics, uh, people who are who have functional reactive hypoglycemia, low blood sugar problems, I uh, have them taking the amino acid complex because it stabilizes blood sugar levels. It definitely helps build up muscle mass and tone and prevents sarcopenia or muscle loss. And I, I, it's so easy to take too. I and mean, when someone's feeling hungry, uh, they can take five of these tablets or a gram a piece. Uh, They take five grams of it, and uh, they feel they feel their energy levels come up. In fact, uh, this morning, before uh, earlier this morning, I I did a very intensive workout, uh, which I do most days. I and I I took ten of these tablets, or ten grams of proteins, with some with some water and green tea, and did an hour and twenty minute workout, and I felt no fatigue. Uh, No muscle eggs, and fantastic afterwards. And in fact, I've met several athletes uh, who are vegan, who eat nothing but vegetables and sprouts and things of that nature. No eggs, no fish, no meat, nothing. And you'd wonder, how does someone maintain beautiful musculature and and energy and endurance if they're a complete vegan? Because that's difficult. Uh, And uh, this nationally famous um, uh, weightlifter and athlete told me that he ate uh, 30 to 45 tablets of this amino acid complex a day, day as his main source of protein. And I can tell you, I he, he showed me what he could do. Uh, uh, he actually did a handstand in front of me on on five fingers, uh, which I would never begin to do. Uh, so you can survive very well uh, on a vegan diet as long as you take high-quality protein source like this. And a lot of athletes are doing that. This is very popular.
0: Um. Dr. Mitch, uh, do you have time to go maybe 15 minutes extra? Sure, go ahead. Okay. So this is fascinating and really paradigm shifting and thrilling to hear. One topic I'd like you to address because I see it as an area of really big unconsciousness in the collective and also with my patients is could you talk about the dangers of long-term use of synthetic vitamins?
1: Yeah, that, that is a major issue, uh, especially in people who have a depleted diet to begin with. Uh, a lot of the synthetic vitamins that are out there, you know, the one at a day and the others, uh, made by letterly laboratories, I'm not afraid to say that. These are just these are garbage uh, because they really are made out of uh, pharmaceutical chemicals. Um, they're not in association uh, with the um, uh, phytonutrients that, um, that they usually are, are involved with. Uh, when, when, plants contain, uh, produce vitamins and nutrients, um, are always an association with other biological molecules that, um, increase their activity in the body, their bioavailability and activity. For example, pure vitamin C is called ascorbic acid and ascorbic acid or vitamin C never exists by itself in nature. It always exists in combination or association with what are called bioflavonoids. For example, in an orange, um, uh, 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 in an orange or any citrus fruit, you, you have these things called citrus bioflavonides, like hesperidine or rutin uh, or neuroginine. And these very large um, uh, molecules help protect the vitamin C from uh, oxidation. So they keep it in, its, in, its, in the state in which it's going to be most effective in the body. And they have their own function working with the ascorbic acid in the body they help to um, mop up or act as uh, free radical scavengers in the human body and have a lot of uh, properties. For example, um, uh, in grapes, there's a, a bioflavonoid called OPCs, the oligomeric proanthocyanidins, that give grapes and uh, a lot of the vegetables their purplish or, 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 or violaceous or deep reddish color or bluish color. And the, uh, they act as anti-inflammatory agents they're, they've been shown to be anticarcinogenic. They prevent blood clots. They have a wide range of functions, and they work best in conjunction with vitamin C and other bioflavonoids. So, whole food um, uh, supplements are really some of the best ways to go. But what I tell people, you know, if, there's also a cost associated. I have patients complain that a lot of whole food supplements are very expensive, and unfortunately, that is tends to be true. And I'm hoping someday. That there'll be um, enough people taking them or, or demanding them that the prices come down. Uh, if they wind up taking some of the "quote unquote" synthetic vitamins, I always have them take it with green drinks uh, because then the, they will the molecules will tend to bind up with the bioflavonoids. They'll associate themselves with it, and at least they're getting some benefit—not not the complete benefit that I'd like—but you have to take into fact and um, uh, take to account uh, people's budgets as well. But I always try to um, steer them towards the organic whole food supplements to get the best effect.
0: Well, Dr. Mitch, um, it, even if we're going over here about 15 minutes, that means we have about 10 minutes left. And I want to kind of open the floor to you to talk about what you're most excited about these days and uh, anything else you want to say to our listeners and, uh, to give your contact information? Uh, you know, one of the things I'm realizing as we wind this down is, uh, if you'd be open to it sometime in the near future, I'd like to do a second interview, kind of a part two that would build on this context that we've created here where we could get more into some specific health challenges people are facing. Is that Something you'd be open to?
1: Oh, sure. That would be that would be a lot of fun to do. I, I like being able to address specific uh, yeah. uh, areas and questions and get into the detail. And uh, you know, perhaps you might even consider um, we can take some patient histories and, and can analyze them and, and give and give some ideas to people of what you can do in given situations. What's important to understand, though, that uh, I think this is true of, of any knowledgeable, experienced holistic physician, that every single person is unique uh, and that we have to individualize therapy. There's, there's no such thing as one size fits all, which is sort of the model of allopathic um, conventional medicine um, in that you know they try to very often fit a round peg into a square hole. You, if you want to really stimulate someone's ability to heal themselves, which is what you're doing with really good quality holistic medicine, you can't do that. You have to address someone... Uh, holistically, looking at all, at all the physical, all the emotional, all the mental, all the spiritual dimensions and parameters of the person and fit the therapy to the person, not the person to the therapy. That's critically important. People have to understand that. What I also would recommend um, to all the listeners here is in your choice, in your selection of your physician, of your healer, you want to ask them questions. Remember that you know, they are essentially providing a service to you. They're a servant to you. They're not your master. You know, uh, you you are allowed to question your doctor and I encourage my patients to question me, ask as many questions as possible so I can educate them because knowledge is power. Knowledge is power when you actually use it. Knowledge by itself is not power. It's only when you activate it in your life does it become power, does it become self-empowering. So I can, you know, I can teach someone a whole ton of stuff, but if they go home and never use it, it's not power. So the, my purpose is to help empower, give people tools to empower them and then encourage them to do it, encourage them to do it, to take, to take the bull by the horns and make changes in their life. And this is why I introduced them to different, fairly easy to use tools, you know, gradually put your toe in the water and then move further on. And then you find like, wow, I can feel better. My mind could be clearer. My belly can be flat. You know, I, I, I can have more energy. I can sleep better. I cannot be anxious all the time. That you don't have to take sorts of pharmaceutical drugs for it. Uh, that there is a difference between eating junk foods uh, and uh, organic non-GMO foods. First-hand experience is the best teacher, the best teacher. And this is what I, I and by walking my own talk, by doing it myself. And you know, when patients come into me and they see the, they they see the state I'm in, and they want to they want to be and look like me, and they ask me how do I do it, I share with them. And it blows some of my patients' minds, you know, when when they're struggling through something. But for example, (laughs) this happened just recently. Uh, uh, I had um, two girlfriends in their 50s come in and be be treated uh, at the same time. Uh, They wanted nutritional advice and hormonal advice. And uh, I was introducing them to some of these concepts. They said, oh, this is going to be so hard and this, that, and the other thing. And I said, really, it's not. And I, I can tell you I do it myself. And uh, I, I asked them to guess how old I was. And when I, when I, and they guessed twenty years younger than I am, and they couldn't believe it. And I said, "This, the way I look, and my energy, and my clarity, is the result of using these things on a regular basis. They really work. This is not armchair theorizing. This is true medicine in action. And so it's really important for the healers out there to walk your talk, do it yourselves." Uh, and, and be an, being a living example of, these, of this holistic approach of life. Because for me, homeopathy and nutritional therapy and all of this is not just a, a business and not just a way I make a buck. It's a, it's a lifestyle that I teach to other people for the purpose of helping to improve the health of the world. This is a way in which my heart gives back to the world. Now, The more people that are truly healthy in the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies the healthier world we're going to have and the more peace peaceful world we'll have. That's what I truly believe.
0: That's beautiful, Dr. Mitch. And I look forward to having you mentor me through my learning curve here with the, with the 10 day program, which is something that I have not done yet. And, uh, I'm really motivated to be moving in that direction and try it because, um, you know, I have had a tendency in my life toward hypoglycemia, and I'm a fast oxidizer who needs, you know, a good amount of protein and heavier fats. And so I've stayed away from the longer cleanses. And with the, uh, with the technologies you're describing, I, I'm excited. I think it'll help me go to another level. And once I experience it directly, I'll be able to share it through the Many channels of impact that I currently have, so I'm I'm really excited, both personally and professionally. And there's so much more for us to talk about in terms of uh, specific challenges. And I agree with you. You know, I make a distinction between foundational healthcare principles that you could recommend to just about anybody safely, uh, and then the clinical work where where we really do need to individualize things. But certainly, if people do the foundational work, the individuation process becomes so much easier. Uh, is there anything in particular like a idea or a product or a person or a place or a system? Is there anything in particular that you're most excited about these days?
1: Uh, yeah, there's, there's a um, uh, some products from a company that's been around for over 20 years that I've been using that are Um, The first 100% organic, non-genetically engineered green superfoods I've ever used before. And I've been taking them for almost three years now. So is my wife, and I have many of my patients and family and friends taking them. And it's made a just dramatic difference in in my own life. In fact, when I was first introduced to, you know, there's so many different kinds of companies out there. I I, I get hit up by representatives all the time, and uh, I'm always a bit skeptical. Uh, but I have to check it myself. And I, I took one of their products, which is called um, uh, Love Super Meal. stands for Live Organic Vegan Energy. I took it for about two and a half months. And it's made of 37 different ingredients that were all 100% organic non-GMO, which is very highly unusual in and of itself. It's very difficult to find products like that on the market. So a lot of people don't know that the FDA allows nutritional companies to say something is organic when it's only 70% organic and 30% of it could be any kind of crap they want to put in it, which is what a lot of nutritional companies do. So I was very impressed that this company um, was willing to go the, the, the extra yard and really produce extremely high quality products. And I saw a difference in my own vitality, my mental clarity, my sleep, my energy, my skin quality, my bowel function, everything uh, after two and a half months on it. And I was convinced, okay, now let me try this 10-day thing. And that really blew my mind how well that worked. Uh,
0: Well, I'm kind of in that same learning curve right now. Since I met you and a few other people, I'm currently taking that same product. And I'm really impressed. And I'm beginning to kind of design in my mind a low-gradient, stepwise process that we can introduce to the world where people can kind of follow in that footsteps, and I'm just kind of taking it step by step. So I'm really glad that our paths have crossed, and I'll make sure that in the show notes that there's contact information for people that want to get more information about that program. But if people want to reach you personally as possibly their personal physician or to access some of the uh, resources you have on your website, would you go ahead now and give your is whatever contact information you'd like to give and then um, anything you'd like to say in closing.
1: Sure. Uh, thank you, Dr. David. Uh, so if, they, if people want to reach me at my medical office, which is in the Blue Ridge Mountains between Charlottesville, Virginia and Lynchburg, Virginia, I'm at the base of Winnig Resort. It's very, very pretty here. It's like uh, Tuscany or Uh My medical office number is 434 361 one eight nine six, that's four three four three six one one eight nine six, or they can also reach me through my office website, which is www.alternative, that's a l t e r n a t i v e med med care c a r com. It's all lowercase, alternativemedcare.com. And I have an email address through the website, info.alternativemedcare.com, and they can contact me through that. And uh, uh, I can put them through to my uh, receptionist and office manager to schedule appointment. I also have, as you mentioned at the beginning, I created a special uh, website, uh, which is www.alternativedoctormcare.com. And what that is is a compilation of a lot of the Uh, natural medical self-care protocols that I've designed over the last 30 or some odd years Um, it was essentially I was motivated to do that because so many of my patients after they got well uh, under homeopathic nutritional care detoxification wanted to introduce their relatives who lived very far away in other states or other countries to what I did but of course I can't see them all so they would ask me for copies of protocols and uh, in order to make it uh, make easier access to this information, uh, I was going to write a book. And then I realized that about every four to six months, the information was changing in it. So I decided to create an ebook and it gives people a, a, pres- a subscription to it. So if someone uh, makes a per- subscription to um, alternative Dr. M-Care, natural medical self-care protocols, they have constant renewed information all the time and they have 24-7 access to a hub, over 100 different um, natural medical self-care protocols anytime that, anywhere in the world. And it's been very gratifying, very easy for people to use. And they can also contact me through that website. Uh, and I can design protocols for them or they can make appointments. And um, I found that um, you can, I can very successfully do uh, interviews by telemedicine, by phone consults or Skype. And that's been very, working very well as well. And I just want to put out there this, I really am very grateful to you, Dr. David, for uh, putting out these um, interviews and helping reach a lot of people with what is true healing. And may many more people learn about this and help to achieve their optimal health and well-being.
0: Well, thank you, Dr. Mitch. I'm really moved both personally and professionally by who you are as a person and your vision and your uh your commitment to extend what, what you're being and what's been so graciously shared with you. And I'm really glad that you are willing to do a part two and we'll set that up soon. And so thank you, Dr. Mitch. And ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to an in-depth interview between Dr. David, the cutting edge doc and Dr. Mitch Fleischer, medical doctor. And, um, if you, uh, if you're as excited about I, as I am about these kinds of in-depth interviews, uh, please listen often and uh, share this with your friends. And uh, go over to iTunes and uh, give, the, uh, give the podcast a five-star rating and a heartfelt review. So with that, we'll close with love and peace. Bye for now. Dr. David here again. I hope you enjoyed that in-depth interview with Dr. Mitchell Fleischer. I was really moved by Dr. Fleischer's brilliance and his heart and his commitment to service and his commitment to truth. And uh, it makes me feel really good to know that there are medical doctors out there like Dr. Mitch and uh, I think that bodes well for all of us and for the future of our species and for the planet. So until next time, we'll close with love and peace. Bye for now.
1: Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. To access all episodes, including show notes,